We never really do intros, so for anyone, <laughs> well, no one knows who we are. So I'm Kayla, <laughs> and I'm Casey, and this is Devil's Food, where we talk about true crime and cults and, and scandals and things, all that fun stuff, all the fun, wholesome goodness. Um, we have some business to tend to, I guess, before we get into our case this week, and that is we had our first official shout out. Thank you. From the Horror Squad podcast, uh, the last episode, uh, they gave us a very nice, very sweet, said a lot of good things about us, and um, we all, I, well, I almost cried, so it was great. And if you want to go listen to it, I believe it was the knock on the cabin door. Was that the sounds episode. right. Yeah. yeah. It was like the most recent one in this episode comes out tomorrow, so I think it should be like the, their last episode. Yeah. But, no. That meant a whole lot because we are very, very new, just getting started. So the fact that anyone listens, let alone gives us a shout out, just... We're thankful. We're thankful. I'm in my feels about it. I listened to it at work and everybody was looking at me like, she's on drugs. She's too happy to be at work. (laughs) I also listened to it at work, but I don't work around anybody who's living, so I didn't get judged. You know, I feel that. I don't feel that. But (laughs) (laughs) so we are going to talk about a case today that luckily no one has talked about at all. We are the first to talk about it. That we know of. (laughs) Yeah, no one's heard of it. No one's opinions are on it. We are the first. Absolutely. And it's. The Murdoch, Murdoch, Murdo, <laughs> whatever you want to call him, because the documentaries call him something different every yes. single time. Depending on who you listen to, it's either Alex, because his name is actually A L E X, Alex Murdoch, or Alec Murdoch, or even when I hear him talk, I swear he says it differently. Yeah, I <laughs> I do too, and I've watched several different little like court proceedings and everybody who addresses him addresses him differently and it really just kind of grind at my gears even the family friends and family members i swear everyone says it differently every show every trial video everything i watch because i've watched a lot no one knows so i just feel like i want to call him big al i like big al (laughs) i'm gonna call him big al murder (laughs) Big Al Murder. I mean, it's it's right there in the name. I feel like that's going to be his prison name. <laughs> Either Big Al. <laughs> Big Al Murder. <laughs> With his beady little eyes. He does have some beady little eyes. I'm not a fan. Okay. I'm not a fan either. Um, So, should we give a little backstory about what the heck happened with this man? And for anyone who's been living under an absolute rock... Anybody who's not living in the South, because I feel like only Southern people are really committed to this. What's so funny about this trial is that so much of it has been in the news (laughs) that I have family who, like, has no interest in true crime. But now that they know that we have the true crime podcast, they will come up to me and ask me questions like, what the hell 
is happening with this case? Every time I get asked, <laughs> I just kind of put my hands up. I'm like, I really don't know either, my dude. <laughs> I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> and then it just goes on a tangent, and about five minutes into it, their eyes glaze over. And they're like, oh, we did not ask for this. I'm sorry. <laughs> they weren't prepared. They were not prepared. But I was living in my moment. All right. So for anyone who does not know, we're going to get into what actually happened. But to get the basis of how this man and how this family got away with so much, we kind of have to tell you about the family a little bit in the sense of the Murdoch family consisted of, it's basically this huge legal dynasty in low country, Hampton, South Carolina. Um, for like over a hundred years, this family ran the county. Um, they had their own law firm in Hampton, South Carolina, and three members of the family consecutively served as the district. Well, they don't call it district attorney down there. They call it solicitor. Oh, okay. But the district attorney, basically. Um, and they were in charge of prosecuting all the criminal cases. So for over 85 years, a Murdoch, name pronunciation, TBD, but we're calling it, I'm going to say Murdoch. <laughs> um, they were in that position. The locals even called this area Murdoch Country because they had so much power mm-hmm. and so much influence and so much money that they could get away with anything and do whatever they wanted, essentially. I'm so glad we don't have anything like that around here. I imagine we probably do. We probably do. It's just we are the riffraff they don't associate with. <laughs> I've, I have firms. a few big names that come to mind, but I'm definitely not in their circle of people they care about. <laughs> So the Murdoch, the current Murdoch family consists of the parents who are Alec and Maggie, and then their sons Buster and Paul. So mm-hmm. that was like the modern day family of it. Um, and just so we kind of know, later on, Alec specialized in wrongful death lawsuits, which will come into play. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, early on he like specialized, like found his specialty with it. Okay. See, I just put together a timeline of everything mm-hmm. that happened. I didn't like deep dive. I didn't really necessarily deep dive. I just watched some documentaries oh. about things. I say, like, I did so much research. I literally watched Netflix and YouTube. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, the family was very well known. Not necessarily popular, but they were very, very no. well known. Yeah. Very powerful. All that. So that all that kind of... Uh, is the basis of what we need to know going into the case. Mm-hmm. So, because their power and money gets them away with a lot. <laughs> Sometimes all you need is just a little bit of power and a little bit of money, and boom, you got yourself mm-hmm. a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. Multiple times. Essentially. So, should we start from... The beginning. (laughs) Yeah, let's start from the beginning. Okay. I feel like I've done some talking, Casey. Yeah, for the beginning, (laughs) I have July 8th, 2015. Uh, The body of Stephen Smith, who was 19, was found on Sandy Run Road in Hampton County, South Carolina. And his death was ruled as a hit and run. But it's known that his family does not believe that it was a hit and run at all. Yeah. During one of the the Netflix documentary that I watched, the I guess he was the investigator on the scene. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. He basically said that none of it added up to be a hit and run. Yeah. 
Uh, like, there was, like, no tire marks on the road. He said he had, like, loose shoes and, like, loose, mm-hmm. I guess, clothing or something. All of that was still on him, which would have been very much thrown off of him if he was mm-hmm. dramatically hit by a car. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of came out and said it looked like he was just dumped. Yeah. I saw that his car was found kind of close by. His gas cap was open, so from what I saw, the police believed it was a good possibility that maybe he ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. And I guess somebody came by. Somebody. Somebody. So, yeah. I saw that the family hired a private investigator, to, and they just kind of discovered some rumors. Oh. Did you hear about the rumors? Tell me about the rumors. Um, so, for anyone who does not know, does not, well, we're assuming you don't because you're here. Uh, Steven was very openly gay. Yes. Um, and he had no shame in his game. He was living his life as he should. As he should. As he should. Absolutely. Um, there was rumors after his death that, uh, he had been canoodling with one of the Murdaugh boys. Ooh, can I take a guess on which one it was? Mm-hmm. Was it Buster? It was Buster. <laughs> he was busting it down. Busting it. So, yeah, it was rumored that he and Steven were... And cahoots. Cahoots. Canoodling. Um, but nothing was ever really confirmed. And I don't know if you saw this either, Casey. I might have. Um, Alex. Alec. Sorry. His brother is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Did you see that uh, his brother called Stephen's family? Oh, no. Yeah. So, Alec's brother, who's also a lawyer, called Stephen's family after the death. And offered to take the case on for free. You know what? I do kind of remember seeing something like that. Yes. Um, just remember that a lot of the documentaries that I watched, I was partaking in some legal activities. <laughs> and um, some of it's glazed over in my brain. Yeah. So basically the burnout, from what you can assume, because everything's still, for this, for Stephen Smith, his death is still an open investigation. Yes. It's cold. They have no idea at this point what happened quote unquote air quotes but it considering the Murdoch's wanted to get involved with it once buster's name came up a little fishy just a little bit a little fishy hmm. Hmm. but yeah his is his death is unfortunately unsolved i have a feeling it's going to remain unsolved unfortunately because mm-hmm. of the circumstances now yeah and if it doesn't become, if it doesn't stay a cold case, mm-hmm. somebody's going to sweep it under the rug somewhere. Right. So I, unfortunately for Stephen's family, I don't have any real mm-hmm. hope, I guess, for him having I justice. I don't either, but I think once we talk more about other things that have happened with the family, mm-hmm. I think it'll make sense why we oh, think yeah. that. All right. So on to the next timeline event our next event in our timeline is going to be february 26 2018 uh gloria satterfield who was 57 worked as a housekeeper for the Murdoch family for almost a quarter of a century um she essentially raised paul as his mother as Mm. for the most part um she died two weeks after she was reported to have fallen on the front stairs of the family's hunting property i believe they said something about her tripping over the dogs Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have my doubts on that. Yeah. 
So, apparently she fell and she hit her head, like, so traumatically that she was taken to the hospital. And essentially, I don't know if she was on life support for the couple weeks and up until her death, but she was, like, not doing well. I don't think she was responsive. I do not remember um, the exacts of that. Right. I just, but I don't think she was doing well. I think it was pretty traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So... And it wasn't until June 3rd, 2022, um, that the police uh, had stated that they planned to exhume her body for a full autopsy. So when she had passed, she did not have any type of autopsy done, which coming from the field that I work in is really um, insane to me because any type of fall, any type of sudden death, Mm -hmm. usually the medical examiner requires an autopsy to figure out the exact cause of death. Mm -hmm. But I believe it's South Carolina that has an elected official, which is the coroner. Well, according to one article that I read, her death was never even reported to the coroner. Cute. So, like, it wasn't even on his to-do list, essentially. Like, I don't think he was notified of it. That's horrible. Mm -hmm. I hate to hear that. I am a stickler for protocol. (laughs) I think her death was ruled as, like, quote-unquote natural because she fell. But I'm like... In what world does a 57-year-old woman, that's not that old. No, it's absolutely not. She falls down the steps. So, like, I'm assuming it's like the front porch steps. So, it's not Mm -hmm. like she fell down three flights of stairs. Yeah. And she, like, dies. But looking at that house, there's, like, six or seven steps that you have to go up. That's still a pretty substantial fall. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is substantial, and I can understand tripping over the dogs. Which I don't think happened. Like, I get why they would rule it that way. But at the same time, like, I would have to see, like, some recreation, like, computer simulated Mm -hmm. thing to see. Because to me, I could see her getting hurt. Yeah. But unless there was a little extra force, I don't know how she died. I think they are going to find that extra force when they perform that autopsy. If Mm -hmm. they haven't already, I couldn't find anything anywhere where they have or have not. Mm -hmm. Um... But anytime yeah. there's a fall, right? Medical examiner. Yeah, and we should also clarify, Alec was not there. Yeah, um, it was Gloria and reportedly Maggie, who was Alec's wife, was there. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, um, there's speculation that Gloria, maybe she knew too much. She was with the family for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe she found something she shouldn't have found. Something to that effect. Yeah. And there's even theories that maybe she found some drugs in the house. Which would check out because Alec comes out later as as an addict. Yeah, Alec comes out later on and says he, I think he had like a 20 year or some, some long span Mm -hmm. addiction to opioids, I believe is what it was. Yeah. Um, So there's speculation that maybe she found drugs in the house and her and Maggie maybe got into it. Yeah. Who knows at this point? Nobody knows at this point. Nobody. Which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Um, But like you said, uh, I think they just got approved to do, to exhume the body. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll, that is still an ongoing investigation, I believe. So hopefully they'll get some answers. I I hope so. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So also in connection with Gloria's death, after, during the funeral, I believe, it was like right after the funeral, mm-hmm. Alec went up to Gloria's sons. Oh, I remember this and said that they could yes. sue him. Yes. And then the Murdoch family pocketed that money. Allegedly, at this point. No, I think I... No, I mean, like, in the timeline. Oh, it's yeah, alleged. in the timeline. Okay. <laughs> but, so, basically, he went up to the boys, and he was like, hey... I say boys, they're, like, grown men. Yeah. He went up to the, her sons and was like, hey, this happened on my property. I feel so, so bad. Hashtag mourning. Hashtag not blessed. I'm not feeling great about this. You should sue me and get some money out of this. Keep in mind, Alec's specialty is wrongful death suits. Mm-hmm. For anyone who's guessing, that family did not see a dime of this money oh, until the recent events happened. And even then, I think that he had to pay out only a portion of it. I cannot remember the exact amount. Oh, I got the whole breakdown of it. Okay. Yeah. So, but I kind of figured we'd get into that in the trial part. As we go. Yeah. Yeah. But as of right now, the family has not received a dime Ugh. in the timeline. <laughs> and so our next step in our timeline is February 24th, 2019, which is kind of the infamous thing that everybody knows about the Murdoch trials. I feel like this event is what catapulted everything else. A hundred percent. I don't, I think if this never happened, they would still be getting away with whatever they would still be getting away with whatever they were doing, living their lives. Yeah. So but this is when uh, Alex Murdoch's younger son, Paul, who was 19, drunkenly crashed the family boat into a bridge, throwing several of the passengers into the water. Um, this is where Mallory Beach, who was 19 as well, uh, had gone missing, and they found her body a week later, uh, washed up on the shore down the riverbank. Mm-hmm. Mallory Beach's parents would later sue Alex Murdoch, bringing pressure on him to reveal details about his finances, which is a whole different. I saw that, too, because I had that written up initially, too. I think because he they sued him for a wrongful death suit. Yeah. He had to release his financials and okay. all of that, which kind of led to investigating into some of his records. Got it. Which exposed some things. Paul was kind of like a. I don't want to say an alcoholic. That feels... He was a party boy. He was a party boy. He was young. He got away with everything. Mm-hmm. He drank a lot, and his family gave him alcohol. They all drank on the... They drank together, even though he was mm-hmm. underage. He had actually uh, used his brother's ID mm-hmm. to obtain the beer for this night. So he had gone to whatever, I guess, a Seven Eleven. Yeah, it was uh, like a gas station or something. I don't know Convenience if 7-Elevens are everywhere. I, I'm pretty sure in the South they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he had used Buster's ID to buy the beer, and mm-hmm. nobody questioned it. And I'm sure it's just because of his name. The name. Mm-hmm. But then they were also able... So what it was, they got beer. They went to wherever they were going, which was like an oyster roast or something. Yeah, some big party. Yeah, party. And then they were going to ride back to the, one of the family houses and kind of crash for the night. Mm-hmm. And on their way back... Paul was very drunk, but not as drunk as what he was going to be because then they end up stopping at a bar. Yeah. And he used the idea and he drank even more. And then he got back on the boat, was driving, and that's after he drank all that. That's when the crash happened. Yeah. 
Ugh. And they crashed, like, right into that bridge. Right into one of the bridge, like, pillars or something. Yeah. Yeah, right into the bridge. And poor Mallory, I think, was just thrown off. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, no one even realized Mallory was gone until, like, after the fact. Until like, they were all on shore yeah. and getting investigated and such. Mm-hmm. So even on the dash cam footage mm-hmm. of the scene, it was basically noted that, like, Paul, who was very belligerently drunk, did not get a breathalyzer. He did not get an mm-hmm. on-field test. They did not really even talk to Paul. The police did not talk to him very much. Yeah. Even on the dash cam footage, uh, one of the friends who was on the boat, his name was Anthony. Anthony's girlfriend was Mallory, so yeah. he was very, very distraught. Um, on the dash cam, he told the cops, he said, you know Alec Murdoch? That's his son. Good luck. Yeah. I remember that from the, the documentary. I wrote that down because it's like he it's like he knew in that moment Paul's getting away with this. Yeah, there was cuz later that I guess it was the next day or that night they're all in the hospital mm-hmm. and Alec had gone room to room making yeah, sure everybody Yeah, the Murdoch family went mm-hmm. there. And um I believe it was Connor they said they were going to try to throw him under the butt under the under the butt under the butt under don't the boat. touch the butt <laughs> under the bus um and i believe that it was he was supposed to be the one to take the fall for it yeah from what i've read it sounded like the murdoch family the dad or whoever it was the i think it was the granddad actually either way they went to basically each room mm-hmm. for each of the kids it was like don't say anything to the police we got you mm-hmm. like we'll take care of it yeah and no one knew at the time. They didn't want any of the kids to say anything because they wanted to come up with their own story about what happened. Yeah. Which basically was getting Paul off and framing one of the boys that was on the boat named Connor. Yeah. Which is shady. It is shady. The As whole family is shady. <laughs> like, which Connor ended up getting a team of lawyers and basically suing. Yeah. Because they tried to frame him. Um what was I? And it was also said that the police that were on the site for the, the crash accident, a lot of them were associated with the Murdoch family. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Connor's legal team put out a statement basically saying they believe that the officers put out false information about the accident to mislead the public and other law enforcement so there would be confusion about who was driving the boat. So, apparently, I don't know, one article I read, it was, like, three officers, one said it was five, whoever, whatever. They were basically on site. Just making shit up? Making shit up, or just kind of completely ignoring stuff. They didn't talk to Paul. Paul got his alcohol levels tested at the hospital, which was, Mm -hmm. like, three or four hours after the fact, and he was still three times above the legal limit. Yeah. Because he was so belligerent and so aggressive in the hospital, they tested him. Because he was just such an ass, basically. That's what he gets. So that's the only reason that they have any kind of record, Mm -hmm. legally, like, written down of any of it. Mm Because he was being such a jerk at the hospital. That's not surprising. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, um, I know it was either the same night or the next morning, uh, Mallory Beach's parents tried to go down to the crash scene, and the police wouldn't let them down there. Mm-hmm. But the Murdals rolled in in their nice little SUV, and they yeah. let them go straight down to the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like the family wanted to be there in case they found something, but they mm-hmm. were told, no, you can't come here. But this family that you barely know, oh, they can roll on up. Yeah. 
their kids got to go home that night. But the good news is, is that April 18, 2019, Paul Murdahl was charged with three felony counts in connection with the deadly boat crash. But he later pleaded not guilty. Mm-hmm. So, And it was noted very early on that Paul received special treatment. Oh, like I everyone, know about it. Everyone kind of picked up on that very quickly. So Paul was never handcuffed in court. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was never like a legit legal mugshot taken of him. Because I don't think he ever really went to jail, if I'm being honest. If he did, he was, like, in a special place. They literally took a picture of him on an iPhone at the courthouse. So when you see, like, his quote-unquote mugshot, that's what it is. That's sketchy. I'm going to look up the mugshot right now because I didn't even think about doing that. Yeah, because he's in, like, a nice button-up shirt. Because they never really made... They never made him wear, like, the orange jumpsuit to trial or anything. He was always dressed very nice. Everything. It was no like he got a lot of special treatment. Casey is currently looking up the photo shoot of Paul. I can't even say mugshot. <laughs> Our local jail doesn't do real mugshots. They have a webcam that they, do they? use. Yeah, I only know but, this not from experience. I just want to make that aware, <laughs> uh, make everybody aware that it's not from experience. It's uh, my fiance used to work in the jail. Yeah, I think it's more so like, oh, we just have to take a picture real quick, so let me just snap it on my iPhone while you're at the courthouse for the hearing. It was de- it was presented as it was very much an afterthought of like, oh, I have to get this real quick. Now, I couldn't find one of Paul, but I did find one of Alec Murdoch with his head shaved. Um, oh, the his, head shaved and picture? And smiling. It's Ugh, it's creepy. I hate it. You might not even be able to tell that it's a mugshot because it just... Oh, yeah, I found it. It's literally just him on a white wall with a button-up shirt. Yeah, he looks very nice. Like, it, if you were to look at it, you wouldn't say, oh, that's a mugshot. And he's got a little smirk going, so... Yeah. What a pretentious asshole. Like, I'm pretty sure it's that one on the side. Yeah, that's the one that I just pulled up. Yeah, like, you would just think he was standing at his family reunion. <laughs> right. Standing in the background and somebody cropped it. Like, you would not be like, wow, that's a mugshot. And it looks like it was taken the same day that he went to court. It is. Because uh, in the court photo, he's it's the same shirt with a jacket over top of it. Yeah. It's infuriating. I want to know why Alex Murdahl shaved his hair off. I don't know. Maybe they thought they, maybe he just was like, you know, they're going to make fun of me because I have red hair. We're going to make fun of you anyways. I know. Big Al. Big Al. Big Al murder. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so on June 4th, 2021, the judge ordered a mediation between Paul and the Beach family mm-hmm. with all this, which was not successful, meaning that Paul would end up having to go to trial. Mm-hmm. However, Paul would not ever go to trial. Nope. So Paul never made it to trial because a few days later on June 7th, 2021, there was a 911 phone call made by his father, Alec Murdoch. Mm-hmm. He claimed he found his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, who was at the time 22, I believe. Uh, he had, they had both been shot at the family's hunting property near their dog kennels. Maggie had been shot in the chest and back. Mm-hmm. Paul was shot in the chest, neck, and head. According to Alec, he arrived home after checking on his sick parents and found Maggie and Paul near the kennels, which was a short drive from the main house, and then he called 911. He claimed that he found them. Yeah, and th- then later we had that beautiful 
video footage come out of the dog and you can hear his voice in the background mm-hmm. just minutes before it happened. Oh yeah, we got the whole timeline of it. So it's believed that they died, I think at the time it was like 9 to 9.30 um, and they were shot with two different guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul was with a shotgun, Maggie was with a rifle. Guns were, see- were seized from the family home but it was, they were able to determine that one of the at least one of the murder weapons did belong to the Murdochs, mm-hmm. but none of the murder weapons were actually ever, I don't think they were found. No, they, they still weren't haven't retrieved. been found to this day. I'm um, sure they were disposed of. Oh, I'm positive. Uh, I I have my personal suspicions that once he did it and he left property and called his wife from his cell phone to make it look like he was mm-hmm. concerned, I have a feeling that that's when he disposed of the weapons. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. So during the 911 call, Alec said, he claimed this, no one made him say it, mm-hmm. he claimed he touched Paul and Maggie to confirm if they had a pulse and if they were alive. Oh, and then the uh, district attorney or whoever that woman was, she was like, I did not see any blood on him. If he right. touched them, so, there would be blood. Yeah, it was noted that he admitted all of this. He touched the bodies. He even said he rolled Paul over to look at him. Um but he was clean. He was wearing a white t-shirt when the police came, and he did mm-hmm. not have any blood on him. Yeah. And he even said the scene was a mess. Like, he said it was very bloody. He said he saw Paul's brain matter mm-hmm. places. So, you're telling me you touched all that, and you were there, and you did not get blood? And his clothes are, like, clean, clean. Like, fresh mm-hmm. out of the washing machine clean. Right. So, one day after the murders, a public statement was made saying that there was no threat to the public. I doubt that. So everyone wondered. They kind of gave the public one or two ideas. Either the authorities already knew who the killer was, or the family was targeted. We knew who the killer was. Mm -hmm. The first reaction was that it was a revenge killing for Mallory. Mm -hmm. But everyone that was close to Mallory had alibis, and they were fully cooperative throughout the investigation. So they were all ruled out. They even thought, like, maybe her boyfriend did it. But everyone was... They were all cleared. Yeah. Um, They even thought maybe it was a revenge killing for Stephen Smith. They went after the wrong people if that was the case, though. Yeah. I think they were just kind of exploring their options. Mm -hmm. Um, The rumors were fueled even more when authorities released a statement during this time that they were going to reopen the Stephen Smith case because of things that they found during the investigation. They were like, oh, we need to look into Stephen some more. So everybody was like, oh, my gosh, like, is this somehow related? And just as a side note, it was June 22nd, 2021, that the state officials announced they were reopening that case. Yeah. But they never really said what that information was. Mm -mm. So I believe that they, I believe they found information that linked Alec, but they didn't want to come out and say it because they have other, they had the two murders down to balance. Yeah. I think they had connection to the Murdoch family, but they were keeping it on the down low. Oh, for sure. I'm so. with you there. So the last theory was that Alec did it and he was labeled as a person of interest within the first 48 hours of the murders. Which he and his team completely denied. He was co- and he said he was like being cooperative and he had an alibi and la da 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 da. He was full of shit. But <laughs> his alibi was not a very good one. No, he claimed he was visiting his mother, mm-hmm. who has like very late term or late stage Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't even really talk to her because 
how would she know? She couldn't she couldn't give any kind of testify um statement or anything yeah. because she wouldn't have been in the right mind. Mm-mm. Um a few days after the murders, Alex Brothers went on TV to plead for anyone with information to come forward. And Alec put forward a $100,000 reward for anyone that would have information for an arrest. It's just another way to put his own money back into his pocket. But what's weird was that he put a deadline on the reward for September 30th, 2021. That's not a very long... No, it's not. And he never made a public appearance. He never made a public statement. Nothing. But his brothers did. But, like, he never made, like, a public plea for his family. Wild. I didn't even... Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that, I guess. Yep. And the solicitor, who's, like, their prosecutor, DA, whatever, um, who... His name's Duffy Stone. Yeah. Isn't that, like, a weird name? Like, I it's so cool. <laughs> like, Duffy Stone. Um, He was supposed to be the prosecutor for the case, but he ended up withdrawing very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, because he said there was, like, developments in the investigation, and he had to make a decision based on legal ethics. Which a lot of people believe that he knew that he, well, one, he knew the Murdoch family, and he knew mm-hmm. Alec, and possibly he found evidence, and he knew of their guilt, and he could not be involved in the trial, because he knew them. Yeah, I have it uh, down that Mr. Stone, Duffy Stone, um, not only knew Alec, but had worked under his father, Randolph Murdoch III. Oh, that I did not know. I knew he was in connection with the family because he's legal, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a very high legal status and his, you know, the Murdoch family is too. Uh, yeah. So I knew, I figured they ran the same circle, but I didn't realize that. Yeah, they were, uh, uh, Randolph Murdoch preceded Duffy Stone as the prosecutor for South Carolina's 14th Judicial Court Circuit. So they were pretty much doing the same thing in passing. Right. Just one before the other. Mm-hmm. So not long after this, on September 3rd, 2021, Alex has to resign from his own family law firm. We love to hear it. Because his partners accused him of misusing millions of client and firm money. They also found a suspicious check on his desk, which caused, him, which caused them to do an investigation. As to what was going on with him. Can you tell me about the suspicious check? They didn't go into detail. I think it was just a very large sum check. Probably written to himself. Possibly. Um, In the law firm, I guess it was one of the staff members found it. And they're like, this is like super shady. Mm -hmm. Something's not adding up. This isn't how we do things. And that caused them to investigate. Okay. But I don't really know the technicalities of that specific check. Okay. He had to resign. The next day, on September 4th... Which is my favorite part. (laughs) Do you want to say this, Sid? Yeah. uh, Go at it. Go at it. Alec called 911 from the side of the road, not too far from his home, and said that he had been shot in the head. Um, He claimed that the shooter had pulled up beside him while he was tending to a flat tire and just shot him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, sir, that doesn't just happen. No. And also, if you did you listen to the 911 call? I did not. For a man not. who was just shot in the head, he is, like, remarkably with it. Uh-oh. Like, you would not be like, oh, he just got shot in the head. Like, he was able to explain everything that happened. <laughs> yeah, and It wasn't a fatal blow, in case anyone's wondering. 
if somebody was going to do it, they were going to do it. It wasn't going to be a little grazing. Because, like, looking back at his pictures, you, you would never know he got shot in the head. No. And then uh, September 6th is just a couple days later. He released a statement through his lawyer saying he has made decisions that he was reg- regretting and was entering a rehab program. So he was joining rehab for his drug addiction that mm-hmm. he had going. Uh, he all, I don't know if you got this too, but he also said he had to leave his law firm in order to like take care of himself and to mm-hmm. go to rehab. So he kind of twisted it to make it sound like he was like bettering himself yeah. and all this stuff. So then his law firm made a statement. Did you see that? No, I did not. <laughs> they made their own statement saying that Alec was no longer associated with the law firm and he was made to resign because he was misappropriating funds and breaking their policies. <laughs> I mean, he's got to get it from somewhere. Yep. So at least he's getting getting it. Yep. So then the law firm reported his actions to the Bar Association and his license was suspended. This caused an investigation about the funds he tampered with, which was going alongside now with the murders and everything else for Alec. So Alec is not thriving. Alec is not thriving because on September 14th, which is uh, 2021, which is another one of my favorite things, uh, South Carolina law enforcement stated that Alec had admitted that he asked his former client, Curtis Smith, to shoot and kill him on September 4th. So that his surviving son, Buster, could collect a $10 million insurance payment. Like, just straight out coming <laughs> out and admitting it. Like, I asked this guy. I He probably paid this guy well, to kill him, did and you, it didn't work. Did you hear what happened? Like, how he got this guy to show up? No, I didn't. Okay. So, according to Alec, he said that Curtis, that was that was his name, yeah, I believe, Curtis, Curtis Smith, Smith. Um, Alex said that Curtis was his drug dealer, and Alec offered Curtis this suicide plan, and according to Alec, Curtis jumped on it. He was, like, all about it Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, and Curtis was arrested, and he said that Alec set him up. I believe that. So, he said that Alec asked him to meet meet up with him, which he did, because if he is his drug dealer, that's probably something they normally would do. Yeah. Um, so when he showed up, Alec asked him to help him commit suicide. Oh. And Curtis was like, what? Nah, that's, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. That's some, that's, that's some real homey shit right there. Yeah. So Curtis said he refused and then Alec, he kind of acted as if he was going to commit suicide. I guess he was like holding the gun up to himself. I don't really know, but some movement that he did made Curtis believe he was going to do it, mm-hmm. um, which caused Curtis to start fighting Alec and try to get the gun away from him. And then the gun went off. Oh, gosh. So the gun went off, and I guess it hit Alec in the head somewhere. Mm-hmm. And Curtis drove off. Because he, he said he didn't even realize that Alec was shot. He heard the gun go off, and he just left. Got scared and absconded. Yeah. Like he said he didn't even know that he was shot. Wild. And a Something that I read, um, it said that there was a couple that had actually, they drove by and they saw Alec on the side of the road, mm-hmm. and he was kind of waving them down and all this other stuff, but they didn't stop because they were like, this is super shady. They actually said, like, we think this is a setup, mm-hmm. but we see a guy on the side of the road and he's bleeding and he's waving people down, um, so we just want to let you know that's going on, but we're not stopping. 
I wouldn't have stopped either. So, apparently it looked shady enough that people that didn't even know thought it was shady. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, on September 16th, Alex was charged with fraud and conspiracy for a suicide plot. Mm -hmm. And his lawyers told the judge that Alex was depressed about his family's death and he was battling with his painkiller addiction when he kind of came up with this grand plan. Um, And the lawyer also asked... Uh, the lawyer also said he would check into a rehab, and the judge kind of allowed him to do that. Yeah. Because he ended up going to some Florida rehab. Yeah. A month yeah. later, um, on October 14th, 2021, Alec was at the Florida Detox Center, and he was arrested. And he was charged with stealing millions of dollars from Gloria's sons. And he was taken to the Richland County Jail in the South Carolina, and he was denied bond twice. I'm going to just backtrack real fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, September 15th, 2021. Yeah. Uh, the South Carolina law enforcement officials announced an investigation of Ms. Satterfield. Um, and her family members filed a lawsuit against Alec Murdoch. Mm-hmm. And that's where they allege that they pocketed, that Alex pocketed the settlement funds related to her death. Want me to tell you what happened with Gloria? Yeah. I'll, and her I'll, money? Yeah, tell me. Now that it. he finally got arrested for it? Yes. Because I was like, how the heck did this happen? And I finally found a podcast that explained it. It's from Kendall Ray. She's on YouTube and podcasts in the true crime world. But we're the first people to talk about it. We're the first people to talk about it. So, Kendall, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she kind of broke it down. I was like, oh, I get it now. So, I had to kind of give her credit, I guess. Mm -hmm. So... After Gloria's death, Alec told her sons to sue him so they could get money back, and he told them to sue and to ask for $505,000. It's a very specific number. That is a... But for whatever reason, that's the number he picked. Wild. Anyway, they did. So, they hired a lawyer that Alec kind of recommended. His name was Corey Fleming. So, Corey was going to be their lawyer. Come to find out, Corey was Alec's roommate from like uh law school it always comes around doesn't it mm-hmm. so Corey convinced Gloria's sons that the financial matters needed to be handled by the financial matters of this case needed to be handled by a banker that he recommended named chad westendorf that's a name that's a name it's a lot of douchey names if i'm being honest <laughs> i mean yeah a little bit anyway like very frat boy names yes Uh, So, Corey talks the sons into signing the banker Chad as their personal representative during the case. This meant that he would be able to make any and all decisions for the family in court. Oh. This meant that Corey and Chad began to make decisions for the case in, uh, in the court, and Gloria's children were never made aware of any of it. They did not know anything that was going on once they signed it over. That is such a Murdaugh move. They just had to trust that these professionals were looking out for them. And if you think about it, like, now we're like, why would you do that? Yeah. But if you think about it at the time, their mother worked for that family for over 20 years. So they trusted them. So, like, they kind of all probably grew up, in a sense, Mm -hmm. together. Like, that was probably, like, a second family to them. Yeah. I would imagine to some extent. I can see that. So they were probably like, oh, Alec has our back like he knows these professionals Mm -hmm. so it's like i get it i just i hate that they did it though um so the day after chad was signed on he asked the judge for access to a partial settlement in the wrongful death suit for five hundred and five thousand dollars while reserving the right to sue for additional insurance coverage 
which basically means he wanted access to that money, mm-hmm. but he wanted to go after more money. Oh. So he would have access to that initial money while having the right to keep going and get more money for it. So I'm going to pocket some money, but I'm going to make more money. I mean, got to get that, got to get that bag. Mm-hmm. So the judge granted this, but the Satterfield did not receive that initial $505,000. Shocker. I'm not shocked. So the check came, and it was made for Chad Westendorf. And instead of giving it to the family, he put $403,500 into a bank account named Forge. Forge was an account that Alec set up so that he could funnel stolen money with clients. And Alec made this account because there was actually a real business that he worked with called Forge Consulting. Okay. So, it was a legit uh, business that paid for settlements for his court cases. So, Alex named this account for him, Forge, hoping that the accounts Forge and Forge Consulting, if somebody were to look at those bank statements, they wouldn't pick up on it. It would just, they'd be none the wiser. Yeah, they would just think it was from this legit business. Mm. Um, so essentially it would go under the radar and no one would notice and everyone would just think it was connected in some way, shape, or form to the real legit business. And another settlement was won for a total of $3.8 million and the Satterfield family did not receive a dime of it. The check was made to Chad and Corey's law firm. In total, there was $4.3 million won for Gloria's wrongful death. Mm-hmm. Her family should have gotten a little over $2 million after, le- like, legal fees and yeah. everything. They didn't get any of it. It was all put into the Forge account. Yeah, because I have on here that um, a judge set his bond at $7 million uh, for all that. And mm-hmm. then the lawyer said that his client had agreed to pay $4.3 million yeah. to the Satterfield family. I think during one of the hearings, he was like, yeah, I'll pay... An amount. Yeah. I'll pay what you... I'll pay the $4 million or whatever. I think it was just to make him look good. I don't know if he ever actually paid that, though. I think eventually... Okay, I have it written here. That, that way I don't mess it up. Um, so in October 2020, Corey and Chad put the paperwork in to dismiss, to dismiss the settlement, saying that all parties were basically done and they were satisfied with the financials uh-huh. that they received. The judge signed off on this dismissal, believing that the Satterfield family got their money. Oh, gosh. So the Satterfield family did not know of the money that they won, the dismissal, nothing. It wasn't until the Murdoch family started getting traction in the news about everything that happened, and they heard that they won this huge settlement, Mm -hmm. and they're like, wait, we didn't get anything. Where's my money? So in October 2021, um, through the legal, you know, I can't think of the word. I don't know. Case. <laughs> in October 2021, the Satterfield family was rewarded the full amount of the $4.3 million. Okay, great. So in October 21, they did get it. Okay. It good. just took a long time to get there. So that's the financial background of what happened with Gloria. Okay. So I didn't really see a whole lot of that mentioned, so I thought that was kind of interesting to put in, even though we are the first ca- podcast to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, we're the first podcast to talk about it. <laughs> June 3rd, 2022, were there, said they were going to exhume her body, um, having received permission from her family. So we already talked about that. Yeah, I think they covered the financial part of it at that point. Now they had to look into the actual death to see what was going on, which is still ongoing today. I'm kind of excited to hear about all that because Mm -hmm. 
I love anything to do with a good autopsy. <laughs> so, uh, considering you just performed your first autopsy, oh, that was exciting! I had a great time. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't I'm- know, I work in a funeral home. <laughs> She didn't just do this leisurely for fun. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not <laughs> her out after here. work hobbies. Some people have Legos. She does autopsies. I do autopsies <laughs> in my spare time. Um, but we're going to jump back to June 28, 2022, uh, where Alec Murdoch and Curtis Smith were indicted by the state's grand jury on two conspiracy counts, including narcotics counts related to the painkiller oxycodone. So Oxy was one of the Mm -hmm. things that Alec was actively taking and Curtis Smith was actively selling to him. So they did get indicted for that. Okay. And then not long after, July 14th, 2022, Alec is indicted on two counts of murder for Maggie and Paul. Yes. The theory was that he shot his wife with a rifle and his son with a shotgun. And a few days later, he pleaded not guilty but he wanted to go to trial as soon as possible. He wanted to get this show on the road. I think at this point, a lot of it was just like, so he could be in the news. Hmm. That's kind of the vibe that I got from it. Mm-hmm. Because most people, if you were to kill somebody, you want your trial to be postponed. Mm-hmm. I think he's very confident, considering he has a legal background and he has all the connections. Yeah. So I kind of feel like he just wanted to get it done and over with i don't know i'm sure he had a legal reasoning in his mind that made sense that made him think he was going to get off oh he definitely knew or he he knew in his yeah. heart of hearts that he was definitely not going to get convicted of anything but mm-hmm. uh so that following december alec was also indicted on nine nine counts of tax evasions and the prosecutors with the state attorney general's office said that he defrauded multiple people for about $8.8 million. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And then that following January, uh, January 23rd, 2023, that's when the official murder trial starts for Maggie and for Paul. It's been a minute. Yeah. Then during all that trial, I can't believe he got on, on the stand and tried to defend himself on the stand yeah against the advice of his lawyer i tried to look up to see what was the defense like what was their actual argument Mm -hmm. and i couldn't really find a whole lot granted i didn't watch the whole trial from start to finish yeah i should have watched the trial um i watched clips because it was so long it was like for weeks it went on but basically my consensus consensus is the defense basically said that there was no physical evidence that tied Alec to the scene. Mm-hmm. And they also said that since Maggie and Paul were shot with two different guns, that to them, it made more sense that there were two shooters that were not Alec. He had given himself enough time mm-hmm. to swap weapons out. He'd given himself enough time to dispose of the weapons. He'd given himself enough time to change his clothes yeah. because... Uh, it was stated that Paul was shot at close range. Mm-hmm. So there's no way he didn't get some well, back splatter. The prosecuting attorney, he basically said, this isn't Alec's first rodeo. He's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knows if he uses two guns, it's going to look like two killers. Yeah. Which is going to make him look more innocent. And he knows what to say and how, how to word things mm-hmm. because 
Right. He was a lawyer. And also this family was like huge into hunting and fishing and all mm-hmm. the things. They had a massive collection of guns, which means he could have his pick over any gun he wanted. That's it, true. Like, and they were like within arm's reach. And that's, they did find the ammo on their property that yeah. was used. They found the ammo, which made them, that's why they were like, oh, the family owned this gun. Mm-hmm. We just can't find the gun type of thing. And to this day, they still haven't found the gun. Mm-hmm. I think they know, like, what it was. They just can't find it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's why the family has, like, this massive dog kennel set up and all this stuff. It's because they're huge into hunting. Mm-hmm. So, it's not like they were a stranger to guns and didn't have access to it. That's true. Um, so, Alex initially testified that he was not at the dog kennels. He claimed that he visited his, his parents, like we said, that she has Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So, she wasn't doing well. He went and visited her. And when he got home, he found Maggie and Paul at the dog kennels. Um, again, his mother was not able to confirm his alibi. But that mm-hmm. was the alibi that he gave. So, however, you mentioned this before. Uh, Paul had taken videos on his phone minutes mm-hmm. before he died. So, on one video, he was filming one of the dogs that were in the kennels. Basically, it was like a family friend's dog yeah. that had some kind of health thing going on, whatever it was. So, they recorded the video so he could send to his friend, like, hey, this is what's going on with your dog. Uh-huh. And in the background... You can hear people talking. Mm-hmm. And every single person who testified that was played that video, they confirmed they heard Paul's voice, Maggie, and Alec. Come on, Alec. Every single person who testified said with 100% confidence he was on that video, even though you could not see him. I just... <laughs> people always think that they have a way out, but mm-hmm. things always come through. Yep. And just before that video, Paul was on the phone with that friend who Mm -hmm. was the dog owner. And the friend confirmed that on that phone call, he heard Alec in the background talking. Mm -hmm. So in both counts, Alec is there. Yes. So the video that Paul made was taken at 8.44 p.m. And it was believed that Paul and Maggie were killed at 8.49 p.m. So it's five minutes. Alec, you ain't running that fast, homie. I've seen you. (laughs) right you're not that in shape (laughs) he's a runner he's a track star star. (laughs) and then alec called 911 at 1007 which meant that was an hour Mm -hmm. a little over an hour that's enough time to take care of business take well can't find the guns had on clean new clothes so we can confirm the clothes are sketchy sketch sketch because Paul made another video, or a picture, I'm not sure which. It was a Snapchat that mm-hmm. he made. Did you see this? I did not. So, Alec, or sorry, Paul made a Snapchat, and his it was of his dad. And his dad was wearing a blue shirt with pants on the night of the murders. And when police arrived at the scene, there was body cam footage of Alec wearing a pristine, clean white t-shirt and shorts. If anything, I can com- I I can confirm that like what he changed into was what can I grab the fastest? Mm-hmm. Because when I'm going out to the Seven Eleven in the middle of the night, <laughs> that's exactly what I look like. Right, with your pristine white T-shirt. 
my pristine white t-shirt and my basketball shorts. Yeah. Rolling up into the 7-Eleven look like Alec Murdoch. Mm-hmm. Got the drip. Right. So the tri- the trial itself relied heavily on cell phone activity mm-hmm. because of all of their phones. Um, they were able to get kind of a play-by-play of communication. Uh, they were able to track Maggie and Paul's phone calls and Snapchats. And they were able to track everyone's steps. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so-and-so took 100 steps this way or this yeah. way. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of stopped. And they got a time frame of their deaths based on their phones were locked around the same time and then mm-hmm. they were never reopened and then uh maggie's phone was actually found up the road really yeah um, i didn't know that they had found her found her phone on the side of the road quite a distance away huh. from her that i did not know yeah um and then he had made some phone calls to her after her death oh. so he could act like a concerned spouse who mm-hmm. doesn't know why his wife isn't answering the phone. And I believe I saw in a documentary that he had also called Paul, but I cannot yeah. fully remember. Something that I read too, when he was claiming he was checking on them for their pulse and everything, he claimed he rolled Paul over mm-hmm. and his phone fell out. And he grabbed it and either put it back in his pocket or either way he touched it he so touched he, he kind of tampered with the evidence yeah to some extent uh, and also i'm just going to point out he alec refers to his wife and his son as mags and pawpaw immediately guilty <laughs> immediately guilty guillotine you deserve the guillotine i'm calling your son Paw, paw. I should have given some kind of trigger warning that I was going to make a gagging sound. <laughs> That's on me, dog. It gives me the biggest just ick. It does give ick. Paw, paw. Paw, paw. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say he never called him Paw, paw before the trial. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> no, he's in tears on the stand. <gasps> paw, paw. I just love Paw, paw. I'm like, oh, my God. Shut your mouth. You're being a little, a little too much, a little too extra. I understand you're fighting for your life. Like R. Kelly that one time. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But as soon as I heard the word pawpaw come out of his mouth, guilty. You're done. Yeah. You're immediately done. Watch us get a cease and desist from the Murdoch family for posting this. They have much bigger fish to fry. <laughs> I don't know, cause there's only there's only Buster now. He he probably has some free time. Mm, Buster, if you're true. listening, please do not serve us a cease and desist. We're we, poor. You're literally not going to get anything if you try yeah. to sue us. If you know somebody who wants to steal an identity, go ahead and come take it. I've got nothing. You're literally not going to get far with us. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Alec made the uh, uh, the suspicious decision mm. to take the stand and defend himself against his lawyer's advice. Which, in most situations, it's very frowned upon. People don't mm. lawyers don't like you to take the stand because it can go very either way, and most of the time you don't look great. Not looking great is a huge thing that we uh, in trial that we saw with the Amber Heard Johnny Depp. Oh, that could be a whole episode. That could be a whole, like, series. Yes. Ugh. 
What a time to be alive. What a time. So when Alec took the stand, he admitted that he lied. Yeah. Because at that point, the videos came out. Everyone knew he was at the dog kennels. Mm-hmm. So he had to be like, shit. Got to backtrack here. That's right. Because he, he said something about how he had had drugs in his pockets or something. I don't, I don't know about that. I know. I mean, that could very well be. I just don't know. Uh, he said he had a long-running opioid addiction, and that caused him to be paranoid. And that he claimed that when he was at the kennels, he was helping one of the dogs. I guess one of the dogs attacked a chicken or something. Yeah. I don't know. But that's why you could hear him in the video. He was yelling at the dog. Oh, yeah, because you could hear him saying, Bubba. That's, that's a guinea. Or something, yeah. And then Paul's like, no, that's a chicken. <laughs> so that was what he was saying. Like, he was helping with this situation. And once he got de-escalated, uh, he basically just went back to the house and lay down. Which is why you could hear his voice at the video and why he was there. He was helping with the little chick chicks. Mm, helping. Mm-hmm. So he said he lied. And he basically had to just keep lying to keep it going. And he even said something along the lines of like, Oh, what a tangled web we weave. When you lie, you just have to keep lying or something to that effect. I was like, no one feels bad for you, my guy. No one. If it were just minutes, why didn't the shooter go after him? Yeah. I mean, we just confirmed he's not a runner, not a track star. He's definitely not a runner, they not a track star. <laughs> they could have got him. They could have got him. So so he was shown the guns during the trial, or two guns that were not the exact murder weapons, but he was shown two guns during the trial. And he was asked if he used any gun, either those guns or any other gun to shoot Maggie or Paul. Or if he killed them. And he said, which was very strange how he worded it, mm-hmm. he was like, I would never intentionally hurt either one of them. My dude, you just talked about how you were on opioids. Intentionally is the key word. Yeah. Here. So he didn't say he didn't do it. He just said, I think he did say like, oh, I didn't hurt him or whatever. But his initial statement was, I would never intentionally hurt either one. Well, if you're high, you're not going to intentionally do anything. Mm-hmm. So, after all that, we have March 2nd, 2023. Mm-hmm. Alec was found guilty of the murders of Maggie and Paul Murdoch. Murdoch. Murdo. Murdoch. I don't know. Murdoch. They, they said it so many different ways in so many documentaries. He was guilty of the murders of Mags and Paul Paul. He was sentenced to two life sentences. He still claims his innocence, and the judge told him, quote, It might not have been you. It might have been the monster you become when you take 20, 40, 50, 60 opioid, po- opioid pills. Mm-hmm. Maybe you become a different person. Mm. So, no shock. Alec has already filed appeals. Oh, yeah. I saw we that. Are, I mean, that's going to be an ongoing thing, I'm sure. Um, and Alec is also facing... About 99 other charges. Mm-hmm. Those charges are made up of 32 counts of embezzlement, 21 counts of computer crime, 14 counts of money laundering, 11 counts of obtaining signature or property by false pretenses, 9 counts of tax evasion, 7 counts of conspiracy, 3 counts of false statement or misrepresentation, and 2 counts of forgery. It's like the 12 days of Christmas, but instead <laughs> it's like... I should have read it like that. <laughs> On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 21 counts of computer crime. (laughs) And two counts of forgery. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and he's still, I believe, facing the suicide for hire plot and also the deaths of Stephen Smith and Gloria uh, Satterfield are looking, mm-hmm. being looked into. After the trial, did you know that Buster, who's really the only family out and about at this point, uh, he made a police report claiming that after the trial, the media was harassing him and his girlfriend. Well, Buster, maybe you shouldn't be related to these horrible people. And maybe you probably shouldn't have done horrible things yourself. We know you did it. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of technically it for that. Um, for now. Yeah. So, personally, uh, what are your thoughts? He did it. There's no... I want him... I have a feeling he's going to try all the appeals processes. He's going to, do like, check all of his things dot all of his t's mm-hmm. <laughs> dot the t's dot the t's cross the i's yes he's gonna do that and i'm hoping when he realizes he's not getting out he'll just confess to like the breakdown of like how he did it and what happened when that happens we're gonna have to do an update an updated uh personally this is my theory i think the family's been shady for like the past hundred years mm-hmm. i think alec was probably like how paul was probably like party boy did whatever mm-hmm. he wanted because um there's a documentary i watch there's so many documentaries there on really this, is uh where paul had crashed a truck and he instead of calling nine one one, he called his grandfather mm-hmm. and his grandfather came out with like a team of people and they like flipped the truck over yeah, and like went on about life up, yeah so i think this family's been shady for a long time mm-hmm. there's probably just no record of it because it either doesn't exist or they've been sealed yeah and unless people come forward, which they're not going to, probably, you're never going to know. Yeah. So, I found a little tidbit of, it's a not-so-fun fact. I'm here for a not-so-fun fact. Um, this was not the first shady death for the Murdoch family. Oh, yeah. So, in 1940. Oh. Yeah. Alex's great-grandfather, Randolph Murdoch Sr., who was also part of this huge legal dynasty, he was very rich and powerful, he died when his car mysteriously stopped on the railroad tracks and a train slammed into it. That's not something that just mysteriously happens. Mm-hmm. So. His death would lead to a pretty hefty life insurance payout for his son, who was nicknamed Buster. Oh, it all comes full circle. According to a newspaper at the time, the train, deduct- train conductor said that Murdoch Sr., was near the tracks and waved at the train as it was speeding toward him. Mm. And then the he sped his car up so that it was on the tracks at time of impact. Uh. And his body was found 150 feet away from the crossing. That's commitment. So if you ask me, sounds like a planned suicide slash quote unquote crazy accident killings that benefit a son named Buster. It just runs in the family. It's like a family tradition. Yeah. So, I want to ask you something. Can I ask you something first? Yeah. If Buster's real name's Richard, why didn't they just call him Dick? Have you seen Buster? He looks like a dick. If his name was Dick, he wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but what's your question? Mine's a little more serious. Oh, okay. Do you think... I don't think Alex's going to get out. Oh, I don't think so. I don't so think either. so at all. Do you think he's actually going to serve his time? Oh, absolutely not. Why do you think that? He's going to pull some strings somewhere with somebody he knows. Mm-hmm. There's no way he does not know that judge. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get some kind of house arrest. 
He, oh. I, I, I think put money on it. This is my theory, and it might be kind of dark, but this is my theory. I think he's going to go through every process possible, either appeals, um, use every connection he has. Mm-hmm. If none of that works and he has to go to jail, I don't think he'll live to see it. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Because he's already kind of proven, like, he would rather die than tarnish himself and his pride and his family name. He's already tried once. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I just kind of think that he'll either do something to himself or he'll get someone in jail to do it for him. Or he's a lawyer. He probably pissed off a lot of people. Yeah. And somebody could get to him before he gets the chance to. That's true. Cause he's I'm not saying I want any of this to happen. But considering he has a huge family connection mm-hmm. that has pissed off a lot of people, <laughs> I would not be shocked. Well, I saw somewhere that he's going in the solitary. That makes sense. I did so, not know that. Um, I might edit this out. We'll see how it goes. I'll have to double check it, but I'm... 95% sure I saw that he's going into solitary. Mm. I don't think he would survive in the general public. Because it's so so much media, and he probably has pissed off so many people. Yeah, I just... I'm not saying I want any of that to happen. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I would not be shocked if something happened. Yeah, so he was placed in a secure area of the prison... For his own safety. Gotcha. And I still hate that they shaved his head. I just, I don't get it. He looks a million times creepier. I didn't think that was possible. Look at the mugshot. I'll post it on Instagram. On the Devil's Food True Crime Instagram page. And the Facebook page. Definitely check it out. Because it is creepy. He is creepy. Um, So, I guess that's it for Big Al Murder today. Big Al murder. So, everyone, please make sure you uh, follow and give us a review and all that we forgot to ask (laughs) before. But follow us on all of our socials. It really helps us out. If you follow me, I'll follow you. You know, like the old MySpace days, the follow for follow. (laughs) I promise. She's even, you know, you should see her face. She looks so genuine right now. I'll do it. Come follow me on TikTok, (laughs) too. I'm posting some feral stuff every so often. (laughs) We're, we're all feral. This is our world we're living in. So, yeah, follow us on everything. Uh, we love you guys so much, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.